Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And welcome to episode 342 of Geek Town Radio. I have with me this week. How are you doing? Hello, I'm good. Thank you, Dave. Uh, thank you for having me back on. You're very, very welcome. You've picked quite a good week this week. <laughs> a very good week. <laughs> There's lots to talk about, I know. <laughs> there is. There is a lot of stuff. So, we kicking off with your film news this week. Yep, new month. So, let's start with my five big news from April. Have you got my jingle? <laughs> Thank you very much. So my first story of April is it was the month of sequel naming. I could almost do a quiz with you. So Dave, quick quiz. I'm going to give you the sequels of five films that named in April what their sequels will be called. See how many you can get. So first one, Way of the Water. Is that the Avatar one? Correct. One for one. Dead Reckoning. That one I don't know. That's Mission Impossible. Oh, okay. Yes, I missed that one. <laughs> Rise of the Beasts. Rise of the Beasts. That one I don't know either. I'm terrible Transformers. At it. Oh, yeah, that's why I don't know that one. I completely ignore anything to do with Transformers. <laughs> Day One. Uh, no, don't know that one. A Quiet Place. And oh, you okay. should get this one. Chapter Four. That's what, John Wick? Well done. So two out of five. So it was the name where all the mass franchises decided to start dropping their sequels in April. And we now know what we're getting. And in fact, Mission Impossible is Dead Reckoning Part 1. Okay, so that's going to be right. two. We were told that. So that's going to be a split between two. So okay. that's my first story. Lots of sequels. My second story is the musical Wicked that's been turned into a film is now going to be split into two and will land in 2024 and 2025. Now for a musical which first landed on the West End and Broadway in the early 2000s and films were being talked about back then. A lot of hardcore fans are feeling a bit lost and feeling like is it going to be worth it all the time? It's got Cynthia Revo and Ariana Grande. Ah, I was going to say, is there casting yeah, for that? Yeah. Yeah, the statement was, it's such a good story, we can't tell it in one film. So now hardcore, wicked or Oz fans are now going to have to wait for 2024 and then the second one in 2025. So that also dropped in April to very mixed feelings across the uh, audiences there. Yes. Uh, my third story, this is one we're obviously going to talk about, Love and Thunder trailer for Thor finally dropped. What were your thoughts on it, Dave? I love the look of this. I mean, it was the first sort of teaser trailer, so it isn't like a, a full thing, but, you mm. know, we get to see a bit of Natalie Portman back, who he's, and there's been photos around. I mean, we know she's playing female Thor in this, so how that mm. comes about will be an interesting thing. Guardians are in there as well, as you would expect, because that's where we left yeah. Thor when we left him. I was such a fan of Ragnarok. I, I 
just thought that he did such a wonderful job with that. So I'm really looking forward to this coming out. Yeah. I, I think it'd be excellent. It's got uh, the Taika Waititi humour throughout and it looks um, very sort of fun. I think the next trailer is going to intrigue us more. I, yes. I've got a gut to say it's playing with multiverses. We're not. There's no surprise. The last few releases all playing with the multiverses and therefore that's why I think potentially going to say that's why we find Jane. It's yes. a multiverse thing. I would but, think. Um, it's quite exciting and I saw it this week when I was in the cinema as well in the big screen and it right. just yeah it gave us gave me chills and yeah an exciting drop for a trailer there yeah looks um, really good really good my fourth story happened mid-April right for the Easter weekend classic Easter weekend the Bond catalogue dropped yes. on Amazon after the final signatures of the MGM acquisition went through it was a treat for all those bank holiday Bond fans who would have normally been seeing it on ITV2 to <laughs> finally have access to whichever Bond they like and they didn't have to just wait to see what turned up on the adverts but yeah that was really exciting to have that at uh, for the first time ever in the sort of our streaming society to be able to have them at the click of a button yeah. quite easily and uh, i think there are rumors they'll only be on for a limited time and they'll come off really quickly but it's good to have them there and it is a real playing service to the fans and i don't know what deal they have on about it so yeah i mean i don't know actually it's difficult to tell because amazon do technically own the films because they own mgm but he's also the Broccoli family to consider because the mm. Broccoli family have a lot of say in what happens to Bond and Amazon basically have no say in terms <laughs> but I don't know whether that includes all the distribution or whether it just includes the casting and creative side of things as well. Mm. So you're not going to see like a Bond junior unless the Broccoli family agree to it. You're not going to see them get immediately released onto streaming rather than getting a cinema release unless the Broccoli family agree to it but yeah I, so I don't know they, I, I would have thought they'd stay on there but we'll see yeah well we'll see well hopefully they will um, move for our next set of bank holiday weekends when people want to uh, sort of tune into those and then my final news story I may not be a fan but it was uh, comings and going on the revolving door of the creative cast of Fast X or Fast 10 where Brie Larson joined but within a matter of days the director Justin Lin exited I don't know <laughs> if there's anything to do with Brie I don't know if she should take that personally but they're just sort of firming up their production team now so it was yeah. interesting to see those changes in April and that wraps up my five big news stories across the month excellent uh, so there we go so on to me I suppose yes <laughs> I've been going to the cinema more and I know I mentioned it in the last podcast where I co-hosted as well and it has been an absolute revelation so I'm going to talk about three films I've seen two of them in the last week so the first one is The Lost Island with Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum and then last week I was really privileged to go to uh, an exclusive screening of everything everywhere all at once at my local cinema and the next day I then saw Doctor Strange so I've really been enjoying going to see the films again and going, experiencing it in the cinema and I just want to say like The Lost Island was enjoyable and fun and it was um, good to see Sandra Bullock in that role and Channing Tatum was really funny I've struggled with him in some movies before but he came across really funny and it was quite heartwarming and to see Daniel Radcliffe as the villain and Is it The Lost City or The Lost Island this film? Oh Lost City sorry yes. The Lost City sorry yes. yeah, The Lost City. The, weirdly, the book in the film is called The Lost City of D, which has its own sort of confusions and it's all about to do with an ancient island. But um, no, it's a very good feel-good film. And if, uh, yeah, when it comes on to streaming services or onto on demand, I would definitely recommend that. It's a lovely is, Sunday um, afternoon. Is Daniel Radcliffe playing the bad guy in that? He is playing the bad guy. Interesting. Yeah, That's really interesting. Said. No, it's, it's it, he does it so well as well and it's quite convincing. And, um, and if you look into it... Um, 
few years ago, he appeared in, I, I think I talked about it on here as well. I'm talking about a good five years ago, probably. He appeared in a film where he played a dead corpse. Right, yes. Uh, a farting dead corpse, yes. So that's why he's back in it. So the director, one of the directors from that film is one of the directors from this film. Um, right. So he basically decided to come back and, you know, that's where that sort of connection comes from. But, Interesting. Um, no, it's, yeah, it's an absolutely fantastic film as well. And then Everything Everywhere All at Once is phenomenal. And I'm not going to say anything of spoilerific, but I would recommend going to see this. If anyone is a fan of superheroes, but looking for that niche take on a superhero, it absolutely blew my mind. And, and to me, it goes back to some of my favorite films like Memento. I loved it. I'm going to go and watch it again because I need to get my head around it and make sure I understood it for what it was. And I did that with Memento the first time I saw it. I had to go back and see it again. And with Everything Everywhere All at Once, exactly the same. It was, it was quite dense and complex but done fantastically well. Michelle Yeoh in the lead role. Oh, she's absolutely phenomenal. Her husband is played by the actor who play- was in The Goonies. Oh. So if you recognise the face, he played Data in The Goonies. I think it's Data. <laughs> um, correct me if I'm wrong. But yeah, so he's the actor who from The Goonies. And I sat there throughout the film going, he looks so familiar. Where have I seen his face before? And it wasn't until I came out and quickly jumped onto IMDb, I suddenly realised where he'd come from. And that was from The Goonies. And uh, absolutely recommend it. And Doctor Strange... It's another Marvel film. And so I'm going to leave it there. As the film critic, (laughs) I want people to go out and experience it. And those people who have a real fan and uh, appreciation of horror will absolutely appreciate and love the codes and conventions and the tropes that have been embedded in this film. Just a bit too quick into the storyline for me. And although we know Doctor Strange already, I I felt that we missed the chance to get to know some of the other characters in there as well. So um, out of those three, Everything Everywhere at Once is my favourite of the three films. I went to the cinema to see this month. Right. Okay. Yeah. Everything, everywhere, all at once. He's also a multiverse thing, isn't it? Sort yes. Of. Yes. To Russo produced the uh, Russo brothers produced it. Interestingly. Yeah. And yeah, when you saw their names come up in the credits afterwards, I was like, ah, it's a sort of like connection. Like they know their stuff when it comes to playing with multiverses and things like that. And but yeah, it was uh, Jamie Lee Curtis in it as well. Absolutely brilliant performance from Jamie Lee Curtis. And there are laugh out loud moments in it as well. And it was done with heart and yeah recommendation and uh, yeah i'd recommend to go see that definitely okay doctor strange i'm looking forward to going to see it so you think if you're a marvel fan you'll like it is it i, I don't know I, I sort of want to ask more but without spoiling anything <laughs> yeah you know? so it is definitely a complete 50 50 like even in my office at work four of us have seen it two of us indifferent two of us loved it no one's hated it i've not heard anyone hating it it's just there's an indifference about it um and some people really enjoy it and then you speak to that person even more and they quite like their horror films and the tropes to do with horror right. um, so that's why I want everyone to go and see it rather than trusting me <laughs> right yes fair enough okay interesting so my next thing is TV I finished a couple of TV programs and uh, Hacks I know you finished quite a few weeks yes. ago but I finally got around to finishing it and I just want to have a quick chat with you about it I absolutely really loved it and yeah. I know it's won loads of awards and I just the, the playoff between those two characters is phenomenal and the back and forth and the different like nuances of how they play off each other and then you've got the daughter as well that comes in is completely different and you can see that she's a bit of a train wreck and I thought it was a really well put together TV program and thank you for recommending it I suppose because I saw heard you talking about it and so I switched over just towards the end of my Easter holidays I thought oh I'll give this a quick watch yeah lovely 30 minutes episodes breeze through them I can't wait till the next season yeah 
Um, and Gene Smart, absolutely astonishing. Yeah, it's brilliant. If you haven't seen it, it is on Prime Video. It's about Gene Smart as this legendary Vegas comedian who his career is sort of starting to wane and she could be about to lose her slot and she gets this sort of outcast television writer thrust upon her to kind of revamp the material and neither of them want anything to do with each other when they first meet but it's brilliantly funny I really loved the first season and as you say they're 30 minute episodes they're really easy to watch it's very very funny it's quite dark in places as well Um, but yeah it's just great Uh, second season is about to drop on HBO Max in the US so I don't know when it's going to land over here yet because it was quite a while after the first season before we got the first season Uh, Mm. but that could just be because it took them a while to pick it up so I I don't know certainly they haven't mentioned it on any of the Prime Video press release stuff yet won loads and loads of awards it's well worth going to watch yeah absolutely fantastic and then the next one is a programme that I watched in a few days and obviously it means a lot for me for both being from the community and being a teacher Heartstopper um, is an eight episode 30 minute TV programme that comes from a series of graphic novels written by Alice Oseman about two young characters who sort of fall in love with each other but their whole school has a real diversity in terms of people from the LGBTQ community and it's just telling it in a really different way there are some cliches but handled really well and I suppose I've been trying to get in contact with Matt to see if he's watched it yet because I know Matt and I have both watched Love Victor and I love yeah. Victor does this in a very saccharine US style and we both appreciated that and I think this was done with a lot more tenderness and a lot more care. Mm-hmm. And like I've been going and telling like some of my older students who I know would really like this and some of my colleagues that it's really key to watch. It shows a very different side to the growing up experience. But in 2022, what it can be like and obviously that reflects a lot on um, us growing up younger especially with the historic section 48 where you obviously couldn't say certain things in in education and and then reflecting on what's going on in America at the moment yeah this series is just so poignant and it's gone straight away into my top five of the year and we're only in May Um, (laughs) so I was sitting there and it was like it's a sin from the year before it sort of touched a part of me that like really pulled on those emotions to understand understand it and to love it and to sort of appreciate it and I really hope that it gets another season we get to explore the characters more the creator has been so lovely and if you follow some of her social media posts with the cast as well she's absolutely loved bringing that journey to life it is pivotal for the community I think just like Queer as Folk was back in the the late 90s early noughties and just like It's a Sim from last year I think Heartstopper has got the potential to be another really groundbreaking TV drama so that's my my recommendation. Yeah, it seems to have gone down incredibly, incredibly well. It is Alice Oseman who wrote it, who wrote the original comic books, which is interesting because that's not always the case when it comes to this sort of stuff, mm. but she wrote the series and wrote the book, original book as well. Everywhere I've seen really positive things about this, so it seems to have gone down incredibly, incredibly well, which is great. So Fantastic, uh, yeah. yeah. A couple of ones I've started watching, so I can't talk too much about them. So uh, this morning I started watching 10% on 
on Amazon, which is uh, based on the Call My Agent. Um, yes. I've also, I'm a couple of episodes into the final season of Derry Girls. I'm really taking time. I don't want to rush those. And so I'm always waiting for a, a 30 minutes where I'm on the sofa and it's got my full attention. And I also started watching Love Life. I, I really enjoyed the Anna Kendrick version of it. And this time they've got the actor who was in A Good Place. Good Place. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm looking forward to watching that. And Anna Kendrick does appear in the first episode of this series. And I also finished finally with my Apple Plus subscription now. I finished After Party and Central Park Season 1, ready to move on to Central Park Season 2. And all of the other Apple TV shows that begin with S that I keep being recommended. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm soon going to be getting to watch. So apart from that, I know there's another piece of news we're going to talk about a little bit later with the cancellations and renewals. Uh, I'll hand over to you, Dave. What have yeah. you been up to this last week? Uh, one of those Apple TV shows that beginning with S, actually. I, I finished <laughs> Suspicion, which was the one about a group of strangers who were basically accused of a kidnapping. And they were all from the UK, but they'd be, all been in New York at the same time. They'd all come back home. And then this tape gets released of this kid being kidnapped. And they are all the prime suspect for various different reasons. And it, as it sort of unfolds, you get to learn more about each of the different characters. I think it's, it's really well cast. It's really well put together. Slightly lost me a little bit towards the end. I don't think they quite pulled off the final twist as well as maybe they could have done. But overall, very well cast and very compelling drama. It holds together nicely enough to work. Mm. I've certainly seen worse things wrap up on this sort of genre, and uh, I, I actually think it did it okay enough. I just, if I was being hypercritical, I don't think they quite pulled off the final twist. But overall, really, really solid series that, and uh, is worth going definitely to have a look at. They don't know whether they're going to make a second season. It was billed as a mini series. If you did make a second season, there are threads you could pull on but it does feel like a fairly self-contained thing. But there are a few characters in the places that are they're sort of left. You could potentially find bits to pick up. So uh, I thought, one to go and watch, but that's Suspicion, that's on Apple TV+. SEAL Team finished this week as well, which, I mean, SEAL Team has had some leaving the team in a lot of danger or leaving a member of the team in a lot of danger. Usually David Baranis's character is the one that's in trouble. It's that sort of show that's where mm. they kind of leave it on the cliffhanger the cliffhanger for this episode was spectacular i mean i really no you can't end it there <laughs> uh, i don't want to give anything away but i mean it does leave pretty much everybody in some form of danger it's been a, such a good show and it's been interesting watching this season because this is the first season where they started on cbs in the u.s and then they got shifted on to paramount plus there has been a little change in the the style of it as they've gone on to Paramount Plus like they've allowed them to get away with a little bit more it's got a bit more sweary than maybe they were allowed <laughs> to do before and they're seals I mean you know it makes sense if yeah, they're, yeah. they're seals they're going to use language like that so uh, I don't really have a problem with that and it's appropriate it's not gratuitous but there is a little kind of subtle little changes I think for the, that allowed them to do things on streaming that they weren't allowed to do on network TV. That's been really good. One bit of news which has come out recently is um, Max Thirat, I think his name is, who plays Clay in the show, may or may not be returning next season or may be back in a reduced role. They're hoping that they can figure this out, but he's got a new show called Cal Fire, which normally if you're one of the main characters on a show, you wouldn't be doing a secondary show, but he actually co-wrote this and this has been something of a passion project. He co-wrote it 
it with two of the guys from Grey's Anatomy. So, you know, decent team behind it. To pilot at the moment, but it's looking very, very likely they may pick it up. It's quite an interesting thing because it's not a straightforward procedural. The idea is, as you know, California spends half the year on fire. Uh, mm. If you're aware of, I'm sure many people are aware of that. There are a lot of forest fires in California and it does quite literally look like hell sometimes because it's just, I mean, you know, there are so many forest fires over there. And one of the things that they do over there is they allow prisoners to go out and fight fires and give them the opportunity to shorten their prison sentence. So that's what this drama is based around. So he joins the firefighting program that sends him sort of back to his small hometown because he would take the lead role in this. He would be playing a character that joins the firefighters, the sort of prison work release thing that they've got going on. And they work alongside the sort of elite, full-blown firefighters uh, putting out fires across the region. So it is a firefighting drama, but it's got an interesting little sort of prison Mm. twist thing to it as well. We don't know whether that's going to get picked up yet. We're expecting on that front, we are starting to see a lot more renewals and cancellations come in. The upfronts for the five main networks start on the 16th, which is next Monday. So Friday the 13th of May. Expect the potential bloodbath to have happened by then, if not before then. So over this week, you are probably going to start to see a lot of renewals and cancellations. We have got some coming up, but uh, we'll get into that in a minute. There was one more thing I saw, which I don't know whether you caught this. Weird. Did no. you see the trailer for this? Well, no, it's passed me by. Weird is the Weird Al Yankovic story. Oh, who's playing Al? I've, I've read... Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe, that's it. I had read who was playing it. And I... Yeah, one of the things I love about Daniel Radcliffe is his ability to pick just completely bizarre, strange roles. And this is another one, because you would not think of Daniel Radcliffe playing Weird Al would work, but it does. There is a trailer up for this. It's only a fairly short trailer. It's only about a minute long, but it is wonderfully strange. And it is kind of a fictionalized version of the sort of story of Weird Al, basically. Uh, Weird Al, I'm sure many people know who Weird Al is. He's basically a comedian and a Grammy-winning musician and pop culture icon does not cover versions of songs but does versions of songs changing the lyrics so he had like a michael jackson thing called eat it and there was like a surgeon which was based on madonna's like a virgin there's all those sort of stuff so he's made a living out of just doing this kind of fun music and it's actually written by him or co-written by him and a guy called eric appel it's coming to roku the roku channel so if you've got access to roku which quite a lot of people will have because it's on sky it's on now tv box it's free as well you'll be able to go and watch it on there it isn't out yet they haven't given a date yet but there is a trailer up on the website for it it's called Weird the Al Yankovic Story and it looks brilliant so I'm very much looking forward to that coming out that's all the stuff we've been doing this week let's move on to some TV and film news imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
So we kick off the TV and film news with the renewals, cancellations and pickups as ever. Three cancellations we've got so far this week. First one is Queens, which I haven't seen you have. It's an ABC drama. I think it ran on Disney Plus over here. Yeah, so it ran on Disney Plus and it features a lot of um, some R&B artists from back in the 90s. So Brandy takes a lead role, as does Eve. And I was watching it and it was it was quite interesting. Um, I'd seen a similar show called Girls 5 Ever, who'd yes. done it slightly better but that was more comedy. This was meant to be serious. And right. Brandy was absolutely bringing her A game out in terms of uh, her classic Moesha acting from back in the, back in the day. Right. But they just did a weird thing, which I, I think was a the season break in America. But obviously you don't see that on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. So they had a classic in episode one, this is the situation. And then they spend nine episodes getting to that situation and you work out who caused the situation. Right, yes. But then they must have obviously got extended for like a few more episodes. So... They they stopped it. And I've literally just watched the first episode after that. And it's just lost it for me. Those mm-hmm. nine episodes were brilliant. You know, Eve, fantastic. Brandy, pulling out the bag, some great storylines, some great twists. And it's like they had those episodes planned and then they were commissioned for five more and they were like, oh. And right. that's what I feel. I might be wrong, but they just lost their way. So this is not a surprise that it got cancelled. Right. It also looks quite expensive, but it's just sad that they either they were stretched too far and they couldn't just keep it as a limited series or they didn't have enough writing and ideas behind it because I suppose it's been done in so many programs like Empire mm-hmm. which does about the music industry how many different storylines can you have and that's my sort of thought process on that one I can see why it's gone but we had some really good performances in there as well so that's my beef that I have with Queens <laughs> trying to watch it post the climax of the bit main story was really frustrating I was mm. so disappointed yeah I was a bit like that with Big Sky I really really liked the overall arc for that first half of the first season Mm. or maybe even be the entire first season and then tried to get back to it afterwards and after they'd sort of resolved that and really couldn't get back into it that's been a much bigger success but yes it's a shame to lose this one but that's the way it goes unfortunately so that's been canned that's Queen's Mm. canned after one season there was a show called Promised Land also on ABC which has been canned after one season that's not I don't think aired in the UK but I mean it may pop up on Disney Plus at some point Saved by the Bell also cancelled after two seasons that's over on peacock so that has now gone i didn't watch either of those i'd watched the no. original show but didn't watch any of that sort of weird revamp thing they did i think it's hidden too far down in peacock's algorithm on sky i imagine because i struggled to find some of the peacock shows when i was looking for things like girls five ever really sort of tucked down in the yeah. echelons of their, their system so. it's, it's not great that uh, peacock layout but yes quite possible in terms of the renewals we've had quite a few this week we've had uh, the Equalizer renewed for two seasons so that will be back for seasons mm-hmm. three and four Julia which is bearing on Sky over here HBO Max series that's been renewed for a second season so that will be coming back Sweet Magnolia is renewed for a third season that's over on Netflix that's a romantic drama there is a show called I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson that is a sort of sketch comedy series that's been renewed for a third season 
Bosch Legacy, which is on the sillyly named Amazon Freebie, which is the new name for IMDb TV. <laughs> when uh, did they announce that? That, that was, was so a couple bizarre. of weeks ago. They kind of said that they were changing the name for that. But uh, yes, Amazon Freebie is the new name for IMDb TV, which, I mean, it does help that it now says free in it. So at least yeah. people know that it is a free streaming service you can get on Amazon. But yes, I mean, that is available up there now. But that's Bosch Legacy. First season is up there now. Now, second season, it's now been renewed for. So uh, that will be coming back. And literally hot off the press today, they've just announced that they are renewing FBI, FBI International and FBI Most Wanted for two more seasons each. So they're all getting two more seasons. I don't want to give up that show anytime soon or those shows anytime soon. They're all being renewed in America. Don't know when they'll land over here. The problem is they bought so many Dick Wolf shows for Sky Witness at this point, they can't run them all at once. And (laughs) they're trying to spread the Dick Wolfness out across the channel. So it is ridiculous because they can literally have a Dick Wolf series running back to back 12 months a year at this point. It's so stupid. Sky Dick Wolf, a separate channel. You could actually do that quite legitimately (laughs) because there are so many of them. They're on two different channels in the US, whereas Sky have them all on Sky Witness over here. So I think what they're trying to do is space them out a little bit more. FBI, FBI International, FBI Most Wanted, all renewed for new seasons for two new seasons each. Over on pickups and other news, Sky announced a bunch of dates for things coming back in June. We have uh, Westworld Season 4, which is interesting because I I don't think HBO have actually given a date for that yet. And I don't think they even mentioned June, but it's in the Sky listings for June. (laughs) It looks like Westworld is coming back. Bluebird Season 12 also returning along with The Good Doctor Season 5 Part 2, Girls 5 Ever, as you we're talking about earlier the second season of that drops in june young rock is also on there for its second season the first season of that was really good fun and there's a couple mm-hmm. of new shows the midwitch cuckoos which we've mentioned a few times before which is an adaptation of the uh, novel and we own this city which is the uh, new david simon series stars john berthenol in lead role and uh, david simon is the guy behind the wire and it's a couple of people that were involved in that show so that looks like it's going to be good so they're all dropping in june also dropping in June. June is ridiculously busy right now and he's only going to get worse. The Outlaws season two, that's coming back for a new season. I feel like we've only just watched season one. I know. Well, it, yeah, it wasn't that long ago. It was like October last year or something, I think. So it wasn't that long ago. But yes, June, that's returning for a second season. And uh, there's a bunch of photos up on the website of the second season of that. I really enjoyed the first season. So I'm looking forward to that returning. And finally, we have a date for Paramount Plus, which is also going to Paramount Plus UK is launching 22nd of June. That's a Wednesday, they've said. So we are getting Paramount Plus over here. They haven't actually released a full list of here's everything that's going to be on it yet, annoyingly, which hopefully they will do at some point in the not too distant future. But they have said there is over 3,000 episodes of kids content. There's like a thousand episodes of reality TV, more than 500 films, 2,500 hours of Paramount Original C. CBS and Showtime series. I think they're saying altogether there's like 8,000 hours worth of content on there, they reckon. Of some of those shows that are coming, Star Trek Strange New Worlds will definitely be on there. We know that. Uh, so we're getting it a bit later than everybody else that does have Paramount Plus right now. But at least we know where it is now. So that's okay, I guess. It's just slightly annoying avoiding spoilers, but we know where it is. Star Trek Discovery will be on there as well, obviously, because they took it off Netflix too early and uh, it is now going to be coming on to here. So 
So if you've not watched Star Trek Discovery yet, you'll be able to get it on here. Star Trek Prodigy, which is actually airing on Nickelodeon right now in the UK, but that is going to be on there. It's unclear what's going to happen with Picard and Lower Decks because they are technically still on Amazon right now. It depends what the deal was with Amazon. So they may or may not be on here yet. I, I suspect there will be eventually, but they may not be there right now. So when it launches, we'll see. Other things, Halo, which is based on the video game series, The Offer, which is that sort of behind-the-scenes drama about the making of The Godfather. There's Fairly Odd Parents, Fairly Odder, which is a, a I think it's a live-action animated kind of mix-up thing. There's a new series of iCarly on there. Yellowstone is also going to hey. be moving on to there because I know there's a lot of people that were watching that on the Paramount channel and uh, are waiting for that to return, so that will be there. South Park will also be moving onto there as well alongside 1883 which was the prequel thing for Yellowstone First Lady which is this thing about various First Ladies of America there's a show called The Thing About Pam Victoria's Secrets Angels and Demons Mayor of Kingstown which is the Jenemy Renner series not to be confused with the Kate Winslet one which was called <laughs> Mayor of Easttown there's also a bunch of stuff off Showtime things like The Man Who Filed to Earth Ripley Super Pumped American Gigolo Camp Coral Spongebob under years MTV Unplugged Ray Donovan the movie is also going to be up on there as well and I mean there's a bunch of other stuff that they haven't even talked about yet we don't know what's going to be on there regarding CBS content or other things there is going to be a lot of stuff on there but I'm just glad it's finally got a launch date I've been waiting for a lot of their content because I know they have the some of the MTV shows like there's a reality show in America called The Challenge and I've been desperately trying to catch up on seasons of that Um, but I think that's going to be on there so yes. I've been like patiently waiting. So I'm quite excited about its drop. Yes, there will be quite a lot of that sort of reality stuff, particularly the MTV things I suspect will all be up on there. One other thing that I wanted to mention because they put out an air date this week and it's actually earlier than we were expecting it because traditionally the last few years it's been around about Christmas. But uh, Cobra Kai season five, they've moved it forward by a few months. So it's going to be Friday the 9th of September, they've announced. So it's way out yet, but it's still earlier than we were expecting it to drop, which was December. Good news for that if you're a Cobra Kai fan that will be back for the fifth season on Friday the 9th of September for that. There was another thing that happened this week. We're not going to go into huge amounts of detail on this, but uh, the BAFTAs were last night because we're recording Mm -hmm. this on the Monday. Um, So there was a few interesting things that popped up in that. I mean, starting off, what I refer to as the Anton Deck Award for Best Entertainment went to Anton Deck. Um, (laughs) Shocking. Yes, shocking, shocking that. They haven't won it every time, to be fair. It's not like the ITV one that they do win every single year. every year. (laughs) Um, But uh, I think this is like the eighth time they've won it or something. So they won the Best Entertainment Award. Great news for Big Zoo's Big Eats because they won Best Feature and he also won Best Entertainment Performance, which for a little show that is a cooking show that's tucked away on Dave, really, really well done to them. That's amazingly well done. I'm really glad that that managed to get some recognition here. I think the biggest shock was It's a Sin. The Sin, yeah. Not getting anything. No, completely overlooked in every single category. And it was in quite a lot of categories. Certainly the actors, a lot of the actors 
Christmas were up but all overlooked. It was up for best miniseries against Landscapers, Stephen and Time and Time won it and that was hilarious watching like Stephen Graham and the others go up for watch that. Time was that one that was Stephen Graham and Sean Bean about a prison mm. officer and prisoner. Yes, it was a great series. It's not as good as It's a Sin. I mean, no. I just isn't. So good on them for winning but they didn't expect to win it either because they were like all up there going, you know the people come up and goes, oh I was so shocked I wasn't prepared. And it's like, no, we really were shocked. We have nothing prepared for this because I think they just assumed It's a Sin was going to walk away with it because mm. you would, wouldn't you? I mean, it's, it's a very confusing concept and I, I'm just trying to work out how it must have happened unless the voting thought it was a done deal. I, I don't know. There's yeah. There's got to be something going on there because they won some of the craft awards last week. And I, I think what's be careful here is we can't take away from some of those fantastic winners and in a normal no. year them winning would not have been a surprise no. but when you look at that supporting actor category where Matthew McFadden took away the one for succession he's a brilliant actor but he was up against Callum Scott Howells David Carlyle and Amari Douglas three it's a sin actors and they performed some of the best it, like yeah. brilliant and then you think well maybe they just weaken the category because the yeah. panel or the voters didn't know what to go for and they thought it was a done deal and it's a sin would win so let's put my vote on Matthew McFadden you know there, yeah. there could be questions like that you could talk about but yeah a lot of people are talking about it I don't want to put down those people who did win it because obviously they do some fantastic shows. It's a Sin is groundbreaking and has done amazing things and will be talked about for years. I don't think it necessarily needs awards to tack onto it no. because we're just going to remember it for years and years and years to come. Yeah, and I mean, it has picked up a decent number of awards already. I was just very, very surprised that it didn't mm. get the best miniseries. I understand what you're saying about the actors because things split the vote and stuff, particularly in that Best Supporting Actor category. Nonzo Anozi was also in that support actor category for Sweet Tooth, which I was really happy to see as well. That was a really great category. And Stephen Graham was in there for time. But the fact that all three of the is the same people didn't get that. I mean, you know, nothing against Matthew at all. You know, Succession's a great show. He's a wonderful actor. But yeah, I mean, lead actress went to uh, Jodie Comer for help. Again, she was up against Lydia West, but there were some great people. There was uh, Denise Goffin for Two Cloth, Emily Watson, again, possibly having the same problem because she was, was in there for too close and they had Kate Winslet in that category as well yeah for Mayor of Easttown mm. I think Help was a very powerful drama as well so mm. I'm not surprised that won there you've also got Sean Bean picking up for time against Ollie Alexander for It's a Sin I know it's a real shame that Ollie didn't get that I think uh, Stephen Graham was up for help as well in that so he was I mean, Stephen Graham nominated in Best Supporting Actor and Lead Actor for two different things so he's had a really good year I mean he's great being nominated for this sort of stuff David Thewlis in there for Landscapers as well Sean Bean was great in that but again mm. I, I think Ollie Alexander deserved it more and then, then the suspicious part of me because we're about to go on to the next news story is that I think Russell T Davis may have had a, a nod to say that there wasn't going to be a sweep of awards so he had his just desserts by doing the <laughs> announcement that we're about to talk about which meant that although the BAFTA TV awards are going on there was only one thing being talked about across social media so we'll go on to that in a minute but that's I kind of think I know in circles they sometimes know yeah. what's going to happen and I just wonder if he brought forward his big announcement because he was like my production team are going to have to have something to pick up upon straight after the BAFTA 
matters. So I'm going to do this now. Yes, it was either that or there was a leak coming, but there was a certain actor in there who was up for best male performance in a comedy programme. Didn't actually win it. It went to Jamie Dimitri for Stathless Flats. But Shooty Gatwell, who you will know from Sex Education. You, you've watched Sex Education, haven't you? I have, yeah. Huge fan. You will know from Sex Education. I haven't actually got around to watching it yet. Everybody tells me it's brilliant, but I, I haven't got around to watching it. They knew he was going to be around on the red carpet. And of course, Russell was also going to be there. And there was a little announcement dropped out earlier on in the day. Shooty dropped on his Instagram feed, which was emojis of two hearts plus a blue box. And that was it. And then Russell T. Davies just commented underneath it saying the future is here. And that was the announcement for the fact that we have a new Doctor. Um, So Shooty Gatwa is the 14th Doctor taking over from Jodie Whittaker. His biggest role to date is in Sex Education, where he plays Eric. Just a bit of background about him. He is uh, Rwandan Scottish, born in Rwanda, but they left very, very early on. So was raised basically in Scotland. Sex Education Biggest Road to the Date, where he won a Scottish BAFTA for Best Actor in a Television Series for that in 2020. He's also been nominated three times for the BAFTA for Best Male Comedy Performance, so 2020, 2021 and 2022. As this was announced, generally it's been incredibly positive. I've seen a couple of people saying, oh, isn't he too young? No. Oh, no. Not when you think about Matt Smith. (laughs) No. He's two years older than Matt Smith when he took the role. He's the same age as Peter Davis. Davidson. I think the problem is that he plays a younger character on sex yeah. education. So people assume he's a lot younger than he is. He's 29. So no, I mean, he was going to be 30 by the time that they shoot it, or certainly by the time we see it on screen. Same age as Peter Davison, two years older than Matt Smith, and he got the role. So no, he obviously plays a gay character on sex education. He himself, and people going, oh, it's great representation, all that sort of stuff. He himself has never talked about his sexuality. Not that it matters either way, but nobody knows no, whether doesn't know, yeah. what his sex is. Not that that makes any difference to the role at all, but that is the case. He never actually has talked about it, you know, because people are going, oh, is he going to be playing it gay? Well, no, he's an actor. Just because he's played one gay character doesn't mean he's going to be doing it in Doctor Who as well. The other criticism I heard was he's not very well known. He has 2.6 million Instagram followers and he's on one of Netflix's biggest hits. So he is incredibly well known, I think Mm. it's fair to say. Maybe you don't know who he is, but he is well known. It's been very, very funny watching people on social media take clips out of sex education and mashing them into clips of Doctor Who. So Eric from Sex Education reacting to the Daleks and telling them off and stuff. It's just hilariously funny. You can go and check those out on social media. That I thought was really, really good. And the other thing which came out in an interview, a lot of those rumours about, oh, it could be this person playing the character or that person coding the character. A bunch of those were started by Russell T. Davis. <laughs> <laughs> I love that he's playing in the media. I know, and some of our friends in our chat were like, I'm loving this news just to go on to what we call woke Twitter, mm. um, anti-woke Twitter, sorry, the people with faceless profiles who decide to go in on absolutely ridiculous things yes. and to see other people respond to them. And that, is, that has been a, a highlight for the wrong reasons, obviously, that people out there, whoever was announced, yeah. they would find something to complain about in terms of saying it's too liberal or whatever. And yeah. a lot of people were just going there, well, you know, they finally got a man that there's going to 
be no complaining now. It's back to being a man. And yeah. it's just like, it's just exactly what some of those right-wing fans are about. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, there was that sort of criticism. Oh, woke BBC, you know, just because it's a person of colour and he may or may not be gay. It's just ridiculous. Generally across the board, there's been very, very, very positive reaction to Shooty getting cast in this. And I mean, I don't know him particularly, but firstly, I trust Russell implicitly when it comes to the casting because he's always done a really, really good job. I mean, this is the guy that started things off with Chris Eccleston and gave us David Tennant. So, you know, I completely trust that he knows where he's going with it. And from the bits and pieces that I've seen and from the projects he's got coming up, because his next two projects, so one of them is randomly, you know, Margot Robbie's doing a Barbie movie. Apparently he pops up with that. The other thing is Masters of the Air, which is the Apple TV Plus series, which is the third of Amberlin Television's war trilogy with Band of Brothers and the Pacific. He's also apparently popping up in that as well. And of um. course, you know, I, I don't know what will be in sex education because presumably he's going to struggle to do this and sex education at the same time, I would have thought. So I'm really looking forward to this. I'm very, very excited. And it seems to be in a very positive reaction to it overall from most people. No, I think it'd be good. I think it's going to be really good. Yeah. There was a really sweet line from him where he said, talking about how much people are very opening and welcoming him to the show. Uh, unlike the Doctor, I may only have one heart, but I'm giving all to this show, which I thought was a really sweet line that he got out of there. They also said that they actually thought they had somebody for it. Russell was doing an interview. I'm really intrigued to see who Russell thought that they'd actually cast because they said that they thought they had somebody for the role and then Shuji came in and blew them all away. So oh, I, I'd be really interested to see who the, to know who the person that missed out on it is as well. <laughs> now Russell said that, but yes. In terms of the scheduling for Doctor Who, Jodie's got one more outing, which will be in the autumn, and the Russell episodes, come out in 2023 that's when we first will see shooty well no we'll probably see shooty actually in the autumn as part of the regeneration sequence i would think but it's then going to be 2023 when we kind of get to experience him properly and see his version of the doctor so that'll be something to look forward to there i think over on to other time-related TV series. <laughs> MVC, good link, Dave. Good link. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was very proud of that. Um, MVC has given a series order to the Quantum Leap reboot slash continuation series, which looks really interesting because... It is not going to be a complete reboot. It is sort of a continuation of the classic Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap, of course, show starred Scott Bakula as Sam Beckett, a physicist working on an experiment into time travel. The government threatened to cut the funding, so Sam takes drastic action and actually jumps into the Quantum Leap accelerator and vanishes from the present day, becoming trapped in the past. However, he's not trapped in his own body. He's leapt into the body of somebody else, and the only way of getting himself out and hopefully leaping into a body which will get him home is by solving something that is wrong in that person's life. And he's aided in this by a guy called Al, who is his best friend, and a supercomputer called Ziggy. So that was the original series. This new version is a continuation from the original, but also kind of a reboot. So it stars Raymond Lee, who um, was in the brilliant Kevin Can F himself, and he takes the role of Dr. Ben Song, who is a world-renowned physicist 
scientist who has picked up the baton of the Quantum Leap Project started by Dr. Beckett. It's been 30 years since Sam stepped into the Quantum Leap Accelerator and vanished. Now a new team has been assembled to restart the project in the hopes of understanding the mysteries behind the machine and the man who created it. That's the main setup for it. So it is respecting what went before, but it is basically a reboot as well. Interesting set of characters they've got with them. Ernie Hudson is playing one. He's called Herbert Magic Williams, who is a Vietnam veteran and head of the time travel project at Quantum Leap. Interestingly, he's also one of the people that Sam jumped into in an episode in the original series, which I thought was quite a clever bit of setup that they uh, did that as well. He's going to have a bit of knowledge about sort of what actually happened, presumably. You've got Narissa Lee, who was in Bosch and The Morning Show, as Jen, who is head of security for Quantum Leap. Madison Alexander Parker, who is in the upcoming Sandman series and was in Cowboy Bebop. They're playing Ian, who is chief architect of the Quantum Leap's AI program. And there is a newcomer called Caitlin Bassett, who is playing Addison, who is project lead at Quantum Leap HQ, who operates the -the state-of-the-art technology to communicate with the individual time-travelling in the past. The new version of Quantum Leap comes from Stephen Lillian and Brian Weinbrandt, who are co-showrunners on La Brea, which is another NBC show. It's produced by Blindspot creator Martin Greco as well, and has some of the other original Quantum Leap people behind it in exec produce roles as well. That's that coming up. That has been given a series order, and it's on NBC, so we're expecting it probably to land on Sky over here. And that's nowhere guaranteed because La Brea hasn't aired over here yet. And that is. An NBC show, so we'll see. But hopefully that lands somewhere over here as well. Do you remember the original Quantum Leap? Were you a fan? Um, I do remember it, but I wasn't a fan. Um, I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. I used to get confused between that one and the Twilight Zone, and then I tried watching the Twilight Zone when it came back recently, and then it ran out of episodes on now, so I never right. got around to it. Again, timey-wimey, switching up things and weirdness. This has got good pedigree, like all those people involved in it, but I don't think it's for me and i can't see myself wanting to watch that one yeah i mean it's interesting quantum leap because yes there is a sci-fi kind of thing going on with it but it's actually a bit more sort of historical fiction as well so i don't know i know you're not as mad on your sci-fi as you know maybe (laughs) uh but but because it's got the historical stuff in it i think it'd be an interesting one i depends how much budget they give it and how well it's handled but we'll see but uh that is coming to nbc in the u.s so hopefully it'll land on sky over here and we've got another bit of news of a possible new series being looked at as a possibility by HBO Max. It might see Viola Davis return as Amanda Waller in her own show. Last seen popping up on Peacemaker and was, of course, in the two Suicide Squad movies. The potential series is from writer Crystal Henry, who's previously worked on Watchmen, which is a very good pedigree to he also worked on things like APB, gang-related and unforgivable. James Gunn would exec produce alongside Henry and Peter Safran, who is also an exec producer on Peacemaker. So it's basically the team is going to be the Peacemaker team. It's probably going to have fewer silly, ridiculous laughs in it, I suspect. And we don't know exactly what it'll be dealing with. Would be weird to do this as a sort of Suicide Squad Task Force X TV series. So we don't know what it would be 
be about they apparently are quite keen on it so mm. we'll it depends on what, what style it uses like peacemakers absolutely smash out of the park they've fallen with a niche sort of style that a lot of fans can appreciate and it's a bit different and a bit out there if they can follow that and obviously there are some links in peacemaker which would make sense for her to appear in that sort of style and so it could work if it's done in that style i think Yes. As I say, I suspect this is probably going to be a little less out there than Peacemaker is because Peacemaker really, really does go out there. But it does give you a chance to maybe pull some kind of cameo things across and set it around Argus, maybe, which is the sort of super secret metahuman organization. So, I mean, there is stuff that you could work with in that, I think, without it being entirely focused on Task Force X. So, Mm. I don't know. We'll see whether it comes to fruition or not. This is very much only being talked about right now. It's not officially commissioned or anything. So, we'll see whether anything comes of it. Things at DC are very much in flux at the moment because Warner Brothers have just merged with Discovery to make Warner Brothers Discovery. So you've got all that going on. One of the things that they're looking at is trying to wrangle DC into some sort of coherent form. There's been talk of them looking for some kind of figurehead like Kevin Feige is for Marvel and having somebody that you can kind of sit and say, look, this person is in charge of everything that is DC related. We've seen a couple of things get cancelled recently, like Legends and Batwoman over on the CW, although it had slightly more to do with the sale of the CW. But also, I don't think it hurt the fact that they are trying to slim things down a little bit and trying to get some sort of cohesion going by the sounds of it in Mm. terms of the DC universe. We'll see where he goes. I mean, it is a bit all over the place because you've got the sort of Batman universe going off. You've got these disparate bits of the sort of what was the DC extended universe which is sort of this is part of but then they've got the batman happening with there's a possible spin-off tv series there you've then got a bunch of like disparate movies like batgirl and potentially some green lantern stuff and blue beetle and Mm. stuff coming up there was like a justice league dark thing they were talking about for hbo max so yeah don't know exactly what's going to be happening over at dc but this is apparently one of the projects that they're possibly talking about but whether it actually goes anywhere we'll have to wait and see so that's all the news we've got for this week just a quite a few highlights for next week on tv So we kick off the highlights for next week on TV with How I Met Your Father, which comes to Disney Plus for its first season. That's on the 11th of May, which, of course, is the spin-off slash reboot from the How I Met Your Mother series. We've got The Blacklist returning for the ninth season in a very different version of The Blacklist because they had some major cast changes last season. So uh, that is back on Sky Max. That is on the 11th of May at 9pm. The Lincoln Lawyer, which is the new drama based on the Michael Connolly series of best-selling novels. That's from David E. Kelly, the man behind things like Bidsky and a bunch of other stuff. That is coming to Netflix on the 13th of May. That's The Lincoln Lawyer. The Essex Serpent, which is a new show coming to Apple TV. It stars Tom Hiddleston and Claire Danes. It's based on a best-selling novel. That's coming on the 13th of May as well. And then over on Sky Atlantic, Das Boot, the third season season of that that comes to sky atlantic on the 15th of may at 9 p.m tokyo vice that's coming the 15th of may onto stars play 
which is a drama following an American journalist daily descent into the neon-soaked underbelly of Tokyo in the late 90s. That has also been picked up by the BBC, so if you don't have Stars Play, it will come onto the BBC at some point. That's the Stars Play premiere date. That's the 15th of May for Tokyo Vice. SWAT returns. That's on the 15th of May at 9pm. That's on Sky Max. That is back. NCIS LA, that returns on the 15th of May as well. That's at 10pm. So that's following SWAT. Conversations with Friends, which is a TV adaptation of Sally Rooney's debut novel that is coming to BBC Three on the 15th of May. Then we have The Time Traveller's Wife, which I'm really interested in. This looks very, very good. It's on Sky Atlantic on the 16th of May at 9pm. It's the series from Stephen Moffat, previously of Doctor Who, and it's got Rose Leslie and Theo James in the lead role as the couple. And I really like the look of that. It looks very good. And then on the 16th of May at 10pm, we have Law and Order Special Victims Unit returning. The other Law and Order organised crime comes back the week after as well, and that'll be on the Tuesday. I was about to ask that, because obviously she popped up in a lot of those episodes, didn't she? Yes, yeah. uh, apparently so. Not that I watched them, but uh, yes, the Laura Norther Special Victims Unit this week, that's uh, 16th of May at 10pm. I think that's a Monday. And then next week, I think on the 20th, which is the Tuesday. So they're not running them next to each other. They're running the day after each day other. After, yeah. yeah. No news on the main Laura Norther yet either, unfortunately, because that has returned as well. That's been raised from the dead. So uh, that is now back, but no news on when or where that will land but hopefully it'll come on to sky because i believe there's some crossover things there as well so that's everything we've got for this week there is a lot of tv coming there is a lot of tv coming up and uh, it's only going to be busier. <laughs> as i said we've also probably expecting quite a lot of cancellations this week so keep an eye on the website for that because there is a lot of things coming in if people want to find more stuff from you, where can they find you? Come and find me over on Twitter. I'm at Grey the Geek. Uh, that's Grey with an A. Yes. So go and check Grey out on Twitter over there. For other people involved in the show, you can, of course, go and check Bex out over on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bytes. That's B-Y-T-E-S. Lots of streams in the evenings. She's uh, streaming about 7 p.m. on most evenings. It was her birthday this week. Uh, happy birthday again, Bex. I popped by the stream for that she uh, baked fails the cake fox to go with sonic the cake hog which she did for her birthday last year actually did quite a good job of it this time i mean it looks a bit like a runover fox but it still did look like a cake and did look <laughs> like a fox so i think she did quite a good job with that this year that was hilarious a really good fun that stream she's still playing tomb failure over there as well so which is uh, her falling off things in tomb raider as well as in real life go and check out bex on twitch.tv forward slash trista bites Matt, you can get over on entertainmenttalk.org. We are doing Better Call Soul over there with Matt right now. So uh, those shows go out, I think, on Thursdays. So go and check those out over there and lots and lots of other things. You can hear him weeping on the Manchester United podcast, I'm sure, this week. Oh, <laughs> I, I saw that news. <laughs> I, I looked at that and think, I should check whether Matt's just thrown himself off a building or something. But uh, yeah, no. So uh, go and check all those out over on entertainmenttalk.org. And Daryl, the 
you can find over on hollywoodnorthnews.net for all those TV series that you love that are shot in Canada. For us, you can go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information. As I said, go and check this week because there will be a lot of cancellations and renewals, I suspect. If you want to get in touch with your questions or comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave us a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown, and on Instagram at geektownuk. That is everything. We shall see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.